to the word of the Lord this evening. And uh, you, you may be seated. I'm, I'm going to just be kind of all over the place reading some different scriptures. and not going to take too long, but I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about three steps to clean living. Three steps to clean living. And I, I want to talk to you about this because there are some things you can do that will help you to be clean before the Lord and to be pure in His sight. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and, uh, and we're going to share from the Word of the Lord. It's important that we understand that, that it is God who sanctifies. It is God who cleanses and it is God who makes us whole. Uh, it is His Spirit that brings about the miracle of a pure heart. And we can take whatever steps we want to take, but if it's not the Lord who has done the work, then, then we are in vain. Except the Lord built the house. They labor in vain that build it. And yet, and yet we are called upon by God to, to a life of holiness, to a life of purity, to a life of cleanliness in our spirit and in our uh, mind and in our heart. So this is a, a good time to, to talk about this. Let me say that it's the first of the year. It's the beginning of 2017. And I hope and pray that you have been making efforts to have uh, a change, if, if you please, a positive change uh, in your prayer life, uh, in your walk with God, in your time of devotion, in your time that you spend with God, in the presence of God. Uh, we've been having some beautiful prayer sessions at noon through the week. We'll be doing that tomorrow and Friday as well. And we encourage you to come be a part of that if you're able. Uh, and, uh, and it is a big help in helping you to, to live a clean and pure life before the Lord. Something, there is something purifying about the presence of God. And just letting him bathe over you with his spirit and with his word. Uh, so we're going to talk about this three steps to clean living. These are steps you can take. Things you can do. I'm not talking about fleshly things. I'm talking about three spiritual steps that you can take. And know as you take them that you are headed in the right direction, and that you are achieving something very beautiful in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, so the first thing that we're going to describe and talk about, the first step, is this. Seek God's face. Number one, seek God's face. This is the first step in living a clean and wholesome and pure life before the Lord. Of course, uh, we're going to begin reading from 2nd Chronicles uh, chapter 7 this amazing prayer uh, that that we uh, hear the king praying 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number uh, 14 and this uh, particular verse of scripture uh, deals with uh, a revival that God will send to those who will Humble themselves and pray. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14. If my people 
which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now this is of course a process. People who are called by his name. Anybody called by his name here tonight? Then this is for you. You are his people called by his name. If you shall humble yourselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from your wicked ways, there's a promise for you. He will hear from heaven. He will forgive your sin and he will heal your land. That is a beautiful promise from God. And it makes me want to humble myself, makes me want to pray, makes me want to seek his face and turn from my wicked ways because I have a promise from God that he will hear from heaven, forgive my sin, heal my land. And this is the process of God sanctifying one's life, sanctifying one's world, sanctifying his people. And it happens when we humble ourselves. It happens when we pray. And it happens when we seek his face. Something happens when we seek his face. It becomes natural to turn from your wicked ways. One of the reasons people have a hard time turning from their wicked ways is because they're trying to do it in their flesh. They're trying to do it through their own willpower. But if you're trying to do it through your own willpower, you're going to continue to struggle because it is unnatural for your flesh to do righteous things. But if you have humbled yourself and are praying and seeking the face of God, then it is a natural result that you will turn from your wicked ways. The song really contains this dynamic and expresses it well. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things, I love this part, the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. How many have ever had a moment in your life where you were so on fire for God and you'll cherish that moment. I hope you're in that moment right now. If you're not in that moment, how about we get back in that moment? But remember when you were at perhaps your spiritual peak and the stuff that you used to enjoy, you just don't enjoy it like you used to. The things you used to entertain yourself with, they don't entertain you like they used to. All the hobbies and all the different, all the different distractions, if you please. You couldn't wait to get back into the presence of the Lord. Because the things of this world grew strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You sought the face of God and it made a difference in your life. It made a difference in your life. And you didn't have to work hard to stop doing sinful things. You didn't have to Catch yourself at just the right moment in order to live holy and to live clean and to live pure. It was the natural byproduct 
of seeking the face of God. Psalm 105 verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. I love this. I love that. And I love the description that's given to this in these first few verses. For instance, talk ye of all his wondrous works. I love that. Because we know we're supposed to sing. Anybody know you're supposed to sing unto the Lord? That's why when we're all singing, everybody lift your voice and sing. Don't leave it to folks down the road from you. Everybody ought to be singing unto the Lord a new song. Some people feel like they shouldn't sing because they don't think they can carry a tune in a bucket. Some folks don't even think they have a bucket. That doesn't matter. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But then he said, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Talk about it. Don't just sing about it. Talk about it. Tell somebody. Just open up your mouth and talk about God is good. Just talk about God has done wonderful things. Talk about God is my healer. Talk about God brought me out. God brought me from such a mighty long way. God lifted me. God, God, has, God is the reason I'm here tonight. Tell the story. Tell somebody of the wondrous works of the Lord. And, and of course, he concludes in the fourth verse with, Seek his face evermore. There are a lot of people who seek the hand of God. But God is explicit that he wants you to seek his face. There's something about seeking the face of God. The face, of course, is the most, is the most active uh, uh, Part of the body, when you talk about the activity that goes on in, on the face and, and, and so much of our function and functionality is tied to what happens on our face. It's where we hear, it's what we see, it's where we taste. All of the senses of the body are so focused in that arena of the face. And we are made in the image of God. In God, all the senses of God's body are, are firing on all cylinders in his face. And when you see his face, you have a, you have a real up-close personal understanding of his nature, of his likes and his dislikes. You know, there are a lot of people that we think we know, but we don't know. We know about media accounts of people. There's some folks you've listened to sing all your life. And, and yet you don't know them because you've never seen their face. You might have seen them posed for a picture. Or you might have seen them act in some venue. You might have seen them the way that the media would portray them. But you don't know that person. There's something about knowing somebody up close and personal, connected to them and I love the term, it's a biblical term, face to face. And the Bible describes that when we reach that golden strand and that sweet by and by, when we are, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part is done away, where we will know even as we are known. Now we look through a glass darkly, but then face 
to face. Seek ye the face of the Lord. If you know somebody well enough, then you can tell by the look on their face what they're thinking. If you've got a parent or a grandparent, a child, a close, close friend, of course, a spouse, and, and, and you don't have to wonder what they're thinking, you can look at their face, and you can say, later you'll say, I knew exactly what you were thinking because of the look on your face. You know what every furrowed brow means. You know what every pursed lip means. You know what every twitch of the facial muscle means. Because you know that person. You have a face-to-face relationship. That's how well you need to know God. You need to know God so well that every time His face has some expression that you can tell how God feels about this or about that. You don't need to wonder what the Lord would say or what the Lord would do. Is God okay with me doing such and such? You need to be seeking his face. If you're seeking his face, you'll know what God thinks about you doing such and such. I wonder if God really cares whether I do this or whether I do that. You should know the answer to this question because you have sought his face and you are face to face with him. And you know every time that he winces and you know every time that he twitches and you know every time that he, that he winks and you know every time that he laughs and every time that he weeps. Every time that he is concerned about this or about that. You know, God is a very emotional God. The Bible describes him as having uh, joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible describes his anger. The Bible describes his love. The The Bible describes his pity. The Bible describes his compassion. The Bible describes so many varying emotions that God has. And when you have sought his face... You are in tune with how God feels about everything. Hallelujah. You need that in order to live a clean and a pure life before the Lord. If you're going to wait for somebody to come along and legislate everything you should and shouldn't do, then you're, you're living in the wrong testament. You're in, a, you're in a dispensation where God empowers you by His Holy Spirit. To live a clean and overcoming life. You are not in need of Moses to come down from a mountain and tell you everything that the Lord said. The power of God is inside of you to give you the strength and to give you the power and to lift you above the rudiments of this world. And so it happens by seeking the face of God. We we don't... We don't know all that happens in the presence of the Lord, but we know that in His presence there is fullness of joy. We know that at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We know something happens in His presence. We are tuned in to Him in His presence. And He creates something inside of us, a peace and a joy and a gentleness and a goodness and a faith, a rock-solid faith that comes from the presence of the Lord. What's happening? You're seeking the face of God. And God is favoring you and approving you and giving you strength to run in this this race. Amen. Psalm 24 teaches us. 
Psalm 24 teaches us, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now let's make it plain who will be able to experience this. This is the generation of them that seek him that seek thy faith. This is the generation of them that seek thy faith. You want to know? Who's going to have clean hands and a pure heart and ascend into the holy place? Stand in the holy place? First of all, let's make sure we understand who that's talking about. Because he that does this, there's a man who does this. The man Christ Jesus. He is the one who has clean hands. He is the one who has a pure heart. He is the one who is able to stand in the holy place. Not you, not me. He is the one. Who will stand in the holy place with clean hands and a pure heart. The Lord Jesus Christ. But when you and I repent of our sins and are baptized into his precious name. Hallelujah. We are now in Christ. And we too can have clean hands and a pure heart. But if you want that, you must seek his face. You must seek his face. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Ask, it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and the door, it shall be opened unto you. If you haven't found God, it's because you're not looking for God. Because when you seek, you shall find. When you knock the door, it shall be opened unto you. You become content with with the way things are. You become satisfied with the way that your life uh, is currently being lived. And so you fall short of God's glory. and 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 you do not find Him in His fullness. But when you seek Him, you shall find Him. Listen to how easy it is to find God. The Bible even said, I was found of them that sought me not. It is easy to find the Lord. The Apostle Paul told the Athenians on Mars Hill that that He is not far from any one of us. Feel after Him and you shall find Him. Feel after Him and you shall find Him. So the number one step, seek God's face. Do that through prayer. Do that through, through telling him, Lord, I seek you. I search for you. I call unto you. I need you. Cry out to him. And then let his word be your guide. Let his word lead you and instruct you in the ways of his spirit. After you have sought the face of God, you still want to live a clean life. First chapter seven. First uh, Samuel chapter 7 and verse number 3. First Samuel chapter 7 verse 3. 
Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So here he's talking to the children of Israel, and he says to them, you're wanting to return unto the Lord. So you return unto the Lord. With all your heart, you return unto the Lord. But you're not finished. Don't stop there. If you return unto the Lord with all your heart, that's great. But you must also put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts to serve the Lord and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. There are a lot of people who want to serve the Lord but they don't want to get rid of their strange gods. The second step in living a clean life before God, living a pure and a holy life before God is to forsake your strange gods. There are a lot of people who are serving the Lord, but they've not put away their strange gods. This is a common problem, and Jesus addressed it. He said, no man can serve two masters. You will either love the one and hate the other. There's no room for serving two masters in the kingdom of God. There is one Lord. There is one God. This is the truth of the matter, ladies and gentlemen. There is one God. So when you have a multiplicity of gods that you're serving, that you're worshiping, then you have not surrendered your life to the one true and living God. God said, I know you've returned unto me, but you haven't put away your strange gods. Go and forsake your strange gods then prepare your hearts to serve me and I will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, Brother Diaz preached an outstanding message on New Year's Eve. Lord, deliver me from creature worship. How many enjoyed that word from the Lord? And he made an excellent point in saying that you can tell when something has become an addiction to a person when you try to take that thing from that person. And when that when that thing is a God to them, when that thing is an addiction to them, then they react accordingly because they have, they have become enslaved. They are in bondage to this thing. There is only one entity to which we should be attached, and that is to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everything else can fade away. Everything else can fall away. But give me Jesus. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I don't want anything that this world has to offer. And I don't really know what I'm attached to in worship until it is taken from me. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, God often has to take stuff from us.
When God tries to take something from you, don't fight to get it back. When God removes it, I'll tell you a case where we see this. We see this in the case of David and Michael, the daughter of Saul. Michael was not necessarily God's gift to David. Michael was Saul's gift to David. David defeated Goliath. And God gave Michael to David as wife. And then when David was a fugitive, Saul took Michael back. Took her from David. Removed her from his life. And when David came back as king, the first thing he did was go back and say, I want Michael back. And so, so my, David achieves Michael back. In fact, Saul had given her to another man. David sent his servants to her and grabbed her and, and, and carried her back to Jerusalem. And her husband was chasing after her crying. And David said, no, I'm getting her back. Even though she had been removed from his life. And so when she entered the picture again, she was more Saul's daughter than she was David's wife. And when David tried to worship God and serve God, she looked out the window and said, How glorious, sarcastically, how glorious is the king today. Listen, when you lose something, you make sure that it was God's will. Don't go chasing something that God removed from your life. You let God decide what's in your life and who's in your life. You don't need things that come from heathen kings, from wicked kings. You don't need things that come from your flesh. When God gives you a gift, it's a good gift. It's a perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I wonder if you stripped away from us everything that we brought upon ourselves or we manipulated and got a hold of ourselves, I wonder how much we would have left. I wonder if you left only what God gave us, how much we would have left. Forsake the strange gods. Forsake the strange lifestyle. Forsake the strange uh, addictions. Forsake the strange adherence and obedience to false gods. Remove them from your life. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Walk away from the foolishness of this world. Leave behind the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life. Forsake the strange gods and Ashtoreth. You know why Israel would worship heathen gods? They would worship heathen gods because that's what other nations would do. And they were kind of the laughing stock because they worshipped a God that nobody could see. And nobody could hear. And nobody could, could look at as an image and worship. They had no idols. They had no statues. They had, they had nothing. All they had was this invisible God that they called the Holy One of Israel. Now he was the only God who ever did anything. They other nations had Idols who had eyes, but they couldn't see. They had mouths, but they couldn't talk. They had ears, but they couldn't hear. Hands, but they couldn't heal. But Israel felt so much peer pressure because the rest of the nations put on such pageantry concerning their idols and concerning their 
gods, lowercase g-o-d. And they felt peer pressure, so they wanted to worship gods the way other nations do. You know why Christian believers get all steeped in idolatry of their own? Because they're trying to be like the world. Because they're trying to be like everybody else around them. You know what? Everybody else around me can keep what they've got. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. You call it a good time if you want to. You go out and drink that stuff if you want. No, don't go drink that stuff. But you know what I'm saying. You people go out and smoke whatever they want to and they, and they live like there's no tomorrow. Well, guess what? There is a tomorrow and it is forever. And I want to live for the Lord forevermore. I want to live with him in his presence, being filled with his spirit where there's peace. I've said it a lot. I'm going to keep saying it until the Lord takes me on home. But the reason that, 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 God has an issue with the pleasures of this world is not because God has an issue with pleasure. God wants us to have pleasure. That's why he created a garden called Eden, called pleasure. That's what Eden means, pleasure. God is all about pleasure, but he's all about real pleasure. And he denounces fake pleasure. You know the difference between fake pleasure and real pleasure? Fake pleasure is pleasure for a season. Real pleasure is pleasures forevermore. That's the difference. That's the difference. Fake pleasure involves a hangover. Fake pleasure a lot of times involves a sexually transmitted disease. Fake pleasure involves DUIs. Fake pleasure involves so many problems, so much chaos, so much confusion. But pleasures forevermore... Hallelujah. It's something altogether different. It's joy in the midst of sorrow. It's peace in the midst of the storm. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's peace that passes all understanding. It's perfect love that casts out fear. Don't get caught up in the pleasures of this life. Those are strange gods. Forsake them. Forsake them. So two steps. One, seek God's face. Humble yourself. Pray. Seek his face. Have a prayer life. Don't just have a prayer life. Have a life of prayer. Seek the face of God. Humble yourself and pray and seek the face of God. Secondly, forsake the strange gods that you have been worshiping, that you have been praising, that you have been bound by. Forsake those strange gods. Third step and the final step. If you want to be clean before the Lord, pure in the sight of God. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. The Bible says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 3, and here's the focus. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The third and final step that I'm bringing to you tonight, 
about living a clean and wholesome life before the Lord. And it needs to be important to you. God is all about the clean things. As a matter of fact, he told Noah to take seven of the clean, two of the unclean. He told Ezekiel to teach my people the difference between the clean and the unclean. One place he said, touch not the unclean thing. And so this is so important that we understand how important it is that we be clean in the sight of God, pure before the Lord. He said, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Real purity of heart comes when the Lord speaks to you. So the third step is hear God speak. Hear God speak. Hear the Lord speak to your heart. I can get up here and tell you all day long. This is wrong, that's wrong. This is wrong and that's wrong. Don't do this. Don't do that. Stop doing this. Stop going there. But if you don't hear the Lord say it, you'll try to please me perhaps. And maybe you won't care even about that. But but when the Lord speaks to your heart, It'll change you. God can speak to you in a way no man could ever speak to you. When the word of God gets down into your soul and the Lord comes down into your spirit and that still small voice says to you, stop. Oh, you'll stop. When God speaks to you, he can say things other people can't get away with. Some people can say to you one thing, and, and, and because they said it, you'll rebel. But when God speaks, oh, his word has a humbling effect. I can see now nothing could get a hold of Elijah. Elijah was so tucked far away into that cave, terrified for his life. Jezebel, Jezebel had made Elijah, who just called fire from heaven, mind you. Jezebel has got Elijah deep in his own cave, trembling, shaking, scared for his life. And then he begins to call out to God. And the Lord, the Lord lets an earthquake come, but God isn't in the earthquake. He lets a whirlwind come, but God's not in the whirlwind. He lets fire come, God's not in the fire. But then a still, small voice Begins to speak to Elijah. It's still and it's small. And listen, it's so still and it's so small that if you're, if you're filling your mind with nothing but Netflix, you'll miss it. It's so still and it's so small that if all you can think about is how much somebody gets on your nerves, you'll miss it. If it's so still and it's so small that you've got satellite radio cranked you'll miss it you gotta hear God speak to you listen when I preach my prayer is God I don't want them to hear me I want them to hear you my voice I actually prayed this prayer not long ago I said Lord my voice annoys me please don't even let people hear my voice let them hear your voice I actually prayed that prayer and I, I, I've been struggling with my voice here in the last few days. The other day I was talking and I was, it just sounded horrible. And I, was, I started apologizing to people. I'm so sorry. I sound so terrible and that you have to hear me talk like this. I don't want people to get 
to the point where they can only hear Joel Urshan because the voice of Joel Urshan has no penetrating power but the voice of Almighty God hallelujah can penetrate the hardened heart the voice of Almighty God can get down into the soil of a man a woman a boy or a girl's soul and convict them now that's a word conviction conviction we need to be convicted of the strange gods we've allowed in our lives conviction is a legal term it has to do with with being guilty and we need to understand by the power of God's word when we are guilty guilty of what guilty of anything are you guilty of pride you'll never admit that unless the voice of God convicts you and says I find you guilty of pride You'll never admit to lust unless the word of God convicts you and says, I find you guilty of a lustful spirit. You'll never admit to envy. You'll never admit to, to, to any kind of a flaw in your character unless the word of God convicts you and says, I find you guilty. Now, when God convicts you, it's a beautiful thing when God convicts you because when God convicts you, he not only says you're guilty, but he says, I'll take your guilt. And nail it to my cross. Don't be afraid to let God convict you. You need to let the Lord speak to your spirit. And when you hear God speak, you will be clean. You will be clean. You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The washing of water by the word of God, the scripture says... You are clean through the word. I have heard the Lord speak to me. And when the Lord speaks to me certain things, it doesn't matter what it is that he has said. It will absolutely change my perspective. It'll change my heart. It'll change my spirit. It'll change the way I view somebody. It will change the way I treat somebody. But I must hear God speak. Ephesians chapter 5 says in verse 26 concerning the church. Verse 25, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now I know this is the word. I know this is the word. This is the word. Everybody know this is the word, right? But this is the word in script form. That's why we call it scriptures. The word of God did not emerge at first as scripture. The word of God said, let there be light. And there was light. The word of God is his voice. This is, this is his voice transcribed. So, so this is like the hardback book. And his voice is like the audio book. Now you need to listen to the audio book, but you need to read the hardback while you're listening to the audio so you make sure you got the right audio version. There's a lot of people listening to the audio version and it's not the right version. They're just some bootleg something or other up there acting like it's the voice of God and you better read this book and anchor what you hear in prayer to what you read in the scriptures 
And if the voice you're hearing in prayer doesn't match the words written in Scripture, it's not the right voice. Don't believe that spirit. Most of the time, if you're in prayer, you'll be hearing from God. But you always anchor to the word. If you're listening to some podcast, you anchor what you hear on that podcast to what you read in the scriptures. You anchor what you hear. There's a lot of people, any, you know, anybody can offer some sage advice and counsel anymore on the internet. And you be careful not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't need a word. You need a word from God. And when you hear the word from the Lord, you are clean through the word which he has spoken. Is the washing of water by the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'll never forget the time that I was listening to the man preach. He was preaching about the Pharisees. Oh, what a message. What a message. He was really coming down on the Pharisees. I'd never heard somebody preach so, except John the Baptist and Jesus. Preach so, just, I mean, putting, putting it right between the Pharisees' eyes. And the more that he preached and started nailing those Pharisees down, the more uncomfortable I started getting. And before long, I was like, all right, all right, all right, okay, okay, we get it. They were bad. We get it. They had bad attitudes. All right. It's enough. And the thought flashed through my mind. Why don't you preach against some real sin? And right then, the Holy Ghost inside of me checked me and asked me the question, why are you having such a hard time with him preaching against the Pharisees? And I had to ask the question, whoa, Lord, why am I having such a hard time with him preaching against the Pharisees. And the Lord spoke to me and said, because you are one. I'm going to tell you something. I'd have had a hard time accepting that from anybody who would walk up to me and said, you're a Pharisee. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm too holy to be a Pharisee. I'm too righteous to be a Pharisee. But when the Lord spoke it into my soul, when I heard this, I was pricked in my heart. And that's how the Word operates. The Word of God will speak so clearly to you. And, and, and the way the Lord said, I don't know. You all know what I'm talking about. I'll just, so I'll just say it. I don't know how to explain. I just know when the Lord says it, I don't get bitter. I don't even get offended. It just simply corrects my course. So hear God speak. Seek his face, forsake the strange gods, and hear the voice of God in your life. Let's stand to our feet and lift our hands to him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's live a clean life in 2017. Let's lay aside every weight. Let's lay aside every sin that doth so easily beset us. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on, that's it all across this building. I, I think we should lift our hands to the Lord, lift our hearts to the Lord, however you want to approach Him. But I think right now we should say, God, in 2017, day by day, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you. Cleanse me, Lord. Could we pray a prayer of purification right now? Lord, purify my spirit. Purify my heart. Purify my mind. Can we do that?
Can we do that in the name of the Lord? Can we do that in the name of the Lord? In the name of the Lord. God, purify my heart and my mind. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, I feel His presence in this place. I feel His presence in this place. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Where are you at in this? Where are you in this little three-step journey? Do you need, are there some strange gods you need to forsake? Are there some things you've been giving more time to than the Lord? What all have you done time-wise? When it comes to what you think about, what has replaced God? What has replaced God? What you dwell on, what has replaced God? Could you lay that down right now? Could you lay that down right now? What is it that's consuming your mind? What is it consuming your thoughts? Forsake those strange gods. Forsake those strange gods. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Oh, pastor, we're all going to see God. Oh, no, that's, that, see, that's, see, that's what your culture says. That's not what the Bible says. Bible says the pure in heart shall see God. Oh God. Could somebody just make a plea to the Lord right now? Could somebody just make a plea to the Lord right now? God, purify my spirit. Purify my heart and my mind, Lord. Come on, I want somebody who's battling with their thought life. I want you to just give it to God right now. Come on, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. Let's not let's stop messing around with the things of this world. Let's give it to God right now. And I'm talking about anything, anything that, you need, that you're thinking and you shouldn't be thinking. Everything from lusts of the flesh to, to, to thoughts of, of envy and thoughts of resentment. Let, let, give it to God right now. Thoughts of defeat and failure. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. Your God is not a failure and your God is not defeated and He will not leave you and He will not forsake you. Come on, let's let Him purify our heart and our spirit right now. Hallelujah. I want somebody right now who's been feeling the tug of the world on your heart and on your mind. Shake that off of yourself right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Be bold and strong in the Lord. He brought you out of this world. 
He saved you from this world, not for you to go back into it. He saved you from it, and he brought you out of it to give you an everlasting heritage, everlasting joy, things you can't find in this world. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. so deep it's more than I can stand oh yes I'm in you the peace is overwhelming Stand. I'm 